0: Today's podcast is sponsored by our amazing friends over at Adorama. Adorama is one of the best electronic retailers specializing in photo and video equipment. They also have a rad blog and video series highlighting content creators called Through the Lens, which you can find on their YouTube channel. We've partnered with Adorama to offer free education through the AOV Academy. So head over to AOVacademy.com for free online courses in photo and video. up everyone it's prince here with art of visuals and welcome to another episode of the aov podcast today's guest is tanner yeager he's an action sports photographer from phoenix arizona and he's actually here in person with me in boise idaho today thank you for stopping by the house to uh, to meet and be on the podcast what's happening tanner?
1: hey man thanks for having me dude it's an honor um just van-lifing it up here and getting ready for another round of some dirt bike racing. So figured I'd stop by and see what you got going on. Why
0: don't you tell the AOV audience a little bit more about yourself?
1: Yeah, man. So uh, I got into photography probably four years ago. I'm 26 now. Uh, actually turned 26 this weekend. So uh, that's another reason for Boise. Um, but other than that, yeah, I came from a small town and in Arizona. I grew up racing BMX. I did that from the time I was like 8 to probably 16 and then I got into ranching and worked on a ranch, did some cowboy stuff, uh, kinda learned how to become a man and after high school I graduated and got a job in like a copper mine in the same town and I was kinda going down the same route that everyone does in my town. It was you know, that comfort zone of just going and getting a normal job and I mean it pays well but it's crap, man, you come home covered in soot, and you're black, and it's pretty much just like, get home at night, drink a beer, go to sleep, <laughs> do the same thing, that's what everyone's routine is kind of like, and I just wasn't about it, um, I had seen the world when I was younger, and so I was like, I know that there's more out there for me to see, and got to figure out how to make this happen, so um, financed a camera, and I started off shooting some rodeo stuff, just kind of playing around and I remember I went out to a rodeo and some of my friends were roping and stuff and they bought some photos from me I think I made like three hundred dollars and I was like okay well there's money to be made here and it's just got to figure out how to do it so hit up uh this BMX photographer that used to take pictures of me and I'm like teach me everything you know man teach me all the settings how to sell photos like please just help me out any way you can and the guy was really cool um Jack McDaniel, and he helped me out tremendously. And from there, I just kind of grinded, man, did whatever kind of job I could get. I wasn't picky. I did prom photos, like family photos, rodeos, motocross, and then, um, just focused on a kind of a community and figuring out how I could get a bunch of friends in one group so that, you know, I could go out and shoot stuff all the time with them. And luckily a few of my dirt bike buddies, my friend Mason, like he had a lot of uh a lot of stuff going for him at the time and so we both kind of like grew together and um, we were in the same spot kind of when we first started, you know, no one really knew who we were and then just started putting out work, he started winning races and he got sponsors and it was just kind of like we grew together and um my clients kind of came from him a little bit and so uh, the whole motocross thing it just kind of started blowing up and I started some of my best friends, they all race, and just made a really good friendship out of the people that I was meeting, and I don't know, it was the whole network thing, man, it just, the community is all I focused on for a long time, and taking opportunities that just seemed a little crazy, but I knew they would pay off, and I was doing stuff for free that, you know, most people were telling me don't do that, but I knew that there was an opportunity there, I mean, I saw, like, they might have an opening there, and I would just head up the company, hey, what can I do? And how can I get my foot in the door? And just paying my dues. paid my dues for three years, and I feel like now I'm to a point where, you know, I can kind of pick and choose the clients that I want. I don't have to do things that make photography miserable and just trying to do things that make me uh, live life a little bit more and get out of my comfort zone and have fun, meet good people like you.
0: That's awesome, dude. That's a really that's a cool story that's uh i want to dig a little bit and you know a little deeper into that later but um i think it's really rad that you found like a niche i feel like that's a good place to start you know you're not like most people on instagram uh even though you utilize the platform you know in a lot of ways the same ways everyone else does but you're an action sports photographer and you've created a, a full-time career like this is your job right you don't yeah. you don't have like a, this is what you get paid to do is action sports photography.
1: Yeah man I uh, yeah, I do fortunate enough to do this full time for sure. Um, it's had its downs and it's had its ups for sure. it's uh, it's been wild but yeah I've had a few little jobs here and there. Um, when I first started, I was doing this whole series of dirt bike races called Supercross. I was doing like, there's like 16 races, but I was doing about six to eight of them a year. And I just got a job at like a furniture store and I would go out, deliver furniture out on this like Indian reservation. And it was, it was a terrible job, but it got to pay the bills. So I mean, I've, and then I worked at like Verizon for a little bit, trying to get some money, but for the last probably two years, I haven't had a normal job. Just doing this stuff and working with smaller companies helping them build their brands and it's not all photography based necessarily you know there's little marketing gigs here and there but most of it is all photography so
0: um that's impressive uh, that's really cool to see a young guy come in carve his you know create his own path in the niche and it's something you enjoy like that's it's not even like you uh, yeah. like planning. It's not like you're like, Oh, where can I get in and make money with photography? Where's a good niche? Like you just are doing what you love to do. So you've always like what's your history with their bikes and all that.
1: For sure. You uh, got it too. You're not just yeah. photo-
0: you're not just an action sports photographer, like Yeah, man. You I, actually do this.
1: Yeah, I try to go uh, about that life. Rip it up with the buddies. I mean all my all my best friends are pro pros, so they uh they're a lot better than I am, but I like to go out and get some Instagram videos of me crashing and them laughing at me. So it's fun. <laughs> but yeah, I just BMX and motocross is very similar. Um, a lot of people that grew up racing BMX either transition into motocross or, you know, they had a love for it. Like that's what we'd watch every weekend on TV. I never really watched baseball and stuff like that. It was things with motors and engines and just loud stuff and fast stuff. So, uh, yeah, I, motocross just kind of it was a passion of mine and somehow I figured out how to turn it into you know a job or something that I loved doing and there were times where I tried to go out and do things for just money like the, a lot of the rodeo stuff I was doing like I did some barrel racing stuff where I had a little website in Arizona and just it wasn't my main passion you know so I wasn't driven to go out every single day and and get the same kind of content or get, like, the ideas that were, you know, breaking every, like, norm or whatever. It just, I was kind of doing the same thing that everyone else was doing when I was doing the barrel racing and the rodeo stuff. And I feel like with motocross, I have, like, this passion for it, and I go out and I do it, and I know what I would want of myself riding, so it helps, you know, show in photos like that. It's something else. It's different than you know. Say if a guy that doesn't shoot motocross goes out and tries to ch- tries to do it, he's probably gonna get something that's not amazing because he doesn't understand the concept of like what this turn is or what this jump is or what this person's gonna do over it. So, right, it helps, but yeah.
0: So do you think following your passion uh, in the end helped you create a much more successful life than? Chasing the money and other
1: things? Hopefully. I mean, it's still uh, it's still young. It's still fresh. I don't know how it's going to turn out. But uh, I think that where it did help was not having to worry about money. You know, like I was doing this because I loved it. And it was something that truly, you know, was fun to do on the weekends. And I think regardless if I was getting paid or not, I still would be doing it. Um, and, yeah, just I wasn't ever really going in it for like financial goals. I didn't have like a goal of, okay, in four years, I'm going to be making this much money. And it was just something that I enjoyed doing. So I think I put a lot more effort and time in that because it wasn't money driven, you know?
0: Right. So you have like a lot of, so you do post some of your motocross stuff on Instagram, but it's kind of cool because you make your money in you know, the motocross and the action sports stuff. And then you're able to just travel and take awesome photos of, uh, you know, do the lifestyle thing. But that's just for fun. And so talk to me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, man. So a lot of the motocross stuff that I get paid for um, comes from event stuff, which isn't always like the coolest things to post. Um, Lifestyle and landscape stuff, I think, is my way of separating business from you know, what I love doing. And it gets me out in the different scenery, change of pace. And it refreshes me all the time. Every time I go do a a little send, like I'm doing right now, I come back way more refreshed, a whole different perspective. And I, I feel like it's what has allowed me to keep going for so long and be able to push the limits and try different things. And I, my style comes from that too. I mean, I think it's, you know, I get a lot of people that tell me like my motocross stuff the editing on it because most action sports photographers don't edit that well or edit that much, and it's not that I edit a lot, but just I focus a lot on color, and I think that comes from you know the landscape dudes that I watch, like the big Instagram guys. Like I, I follow a couple of them. I don't really pay attention to anything in the action sports world, uh, the dirt bike world. Uh, I try to like keep my eyes out of that so I can bring a different perspective in and yeah, a lot of fashion stuff, you know, paying attention to tones and stuff like that, so.
0: That's cool, man. It's, it's, it's really neat watching other people take away things from, like, the nature, landscape, portraiture type photography, and then bringing it into, like, a different sector, like, action sports, or, you know, for example, I have a buddy that shoots trailers, like, like, fifth wheel trailers for big companies, and, Kills it with them, and he convinces them out, you know, to take, you know, take this trailer out to the Al- Alabama Hills, right? Yeah. Versus just taking a photo on the line, he sends these beautiful tones and like these guys, like he's like a god to this company. They love his work because they've never seen anything like it. Because all the old guys taking semi truck photos are taking HDR photos, and yeah. just like it's like the same old thing, and so it's really cool to see people bringing, I guess, that swagger you know, that...
1: that, In the different industries, like their niche, yeah.
0: Yeah, that post-edit swagger to these different uh, industries and really upping the photography and the storytelling within these industries.
1: Yeah, I have a deal with a a mine company right now, an underground mine company, and trying to bring that swagger to the mining industry, it's a a little challenging, but it's fun. Um go 4,000 feet underground, so I'm practically going to hell, and it's like, raining down there, it's just nuts, but, um, yeah, still, like, I go about it the same way, you know, same kind of editing process, and when I deliver these photos, they're, like, what is this, like, where are these, like, tones coming from, this, this lifestyle stuff is insane, like, it's a lot different than, I think, what, you know, most mining photographers, there's maybe three of them in the world, (laughs) like, what they what you, they're getting so. you probably
0: make them feel great like think about it like being a miner is not glamorous no one's yeah. coming down to the mine to take photos of you you know and so when a guy talented like yourself comes down there and they see these photos it's like wow like like for me if I was a dad and I worked in the mine I'd be stoked to take a really cool photo of myself home and show my family and my kids and be like hey like look this is what your dad does and like where it looks cool and it's not the cheesy photo on my you know my cell phone most
1: of these guys have been doing this for you know these miners have been doing it for probably 30 years they're just gnarly old men and most of them have never got a photograph of themselves besides maybe on an old film camera or like an iPhone of what they're doing but I mean these guys work their butts off down there so it's I think it they, they like it a lot. I mean, everyone, they're pretty tough dudes. So they give me crap a little bit for being the clean guy that has a camera. But once they see the photos come out of it, they're pretty stoked on it. So it's cool. And it's pretty interesting. Cause that was like my, uh, my biggest contract right now to date is from this mine, but it was also, you know, the same, pretty much the same mine that made me get into photography, you know, like I was working the copper mine and I, it's like I can't do this. I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. But the same people that made me get into photography now have given me the biggest contract. And, That's you know, crazy how yeah. life works. It's like, like
0: you never know. And and I think it's cool that you didn't turn down the opportunity. And you're know, like, like I can't shoot the mind, guys. I'm an action sports photographer. Yeah. You know, and and it's nice to to get paid good money. It has nothing to do with your follower account. It has anything? It's just real world photography. Yeah, man go down, shoot twice a month, and you're out.
1: Yep, taking it back to the roots. (laughs) (laughs) Get off the gram.
0: Yeah, that's wicked. Uh, Your Instagram is really cool, too. It's vibey. I I love the back and forth between the girls, the dirt. It's basically girls, looks like your girlfriends or something, dirt bikes, and travel.
1: Yeah, usually I only have one girlfriend, but... (laughs) There's some uh, girls on there. There's a few. I'm just,
0: as you scroll, <laughs> I've just noticed, you know, a few different ladies here and there. So, um, yeah, but man, I think it's, I think it's cool that you don't delete stuff because it's nice to just see the progression and just, yeah. I, uh, I feel like I learn a little bit about your life through your Instagram. Which I really appreciate. <laughs> you know, a lot of people's Instagrams, I look at it and it's just like stunning landscapes. Yeah. I don't feel like I know the photographer. I look at your Instagram and I feel like I have an understanding of who you are as a person, which I think is really cool.
1: That's sick, man. Because it's still a lot. beautiful,
0: stunning photography, but it has a lot more soul, I guess.
1: Yeah. Well, it's all over the place. I mean, I, I feel like I try to keep, you know, there's a little bit of a style, maybe. Like, my style comes through, but it's not like a style based on what I'm shooting. It's kind of all over the place, you know. Right. <laughs> but that's that's who I am and that's the weirdness that, you know, I want in photography. Like the reason I got into this in the first place is cuz I didn't want a normal job. I didn't want to go do the same thing every day. So why why would I pigeonhole myself back into that with photography? I don't want to go shoot landscape every day. I don't want to post landscape every day. I want to mix it up like a truck jumping through freaking dirt and then a picture in lake tahoe like why can't those go together that's literally what i'm doing every day like kind of things so i don't know
0: that's awesome what about so you live out of your van right
1: yeah Uh, i have a home base but okay
0: so you have a home base yeah how often are you in in the van
1: uh mostly like weekend stuff so i you know pretty much every weekend of mine is taken up with motocross series or uh Uh, yeah commercial shoots and stuff like that so i usually have like a commercial shoot during the week so i usually have to travel somewhere for that maybe get like one or two days home and then i usually leave for two weeks or something and then get a day or two home just trying to get some laundry done and a little r&r so
0: yeah no that's awesome how do you think like do you think having a van has that helped in any way with your business yeah. and your photography and all that stuff?
1: For sure, hundred percent. So cool. like, so accessible. I mean, it's so easy to just say yes to random opportunities. I don't have to think about hotels. I don't have to think about flights. I don't have to think about um, you know rental cars. Like, say it's eight or nine hours away. Like, I, I shoot for Rockstar Energy and one of the shoots that I just did with them last week, or I guess it was like three weeks ago, but. Um, they're middle of the night, like nine o'clock at night. Hey, can you make it to California tomorrow, like by sunrise? And I was like, Well, it's like six hours, eight hours away. Like I'll send it and just jumped in my van. I have like a clothes rack, you know. So I just took the clothes from my bedroom, hung them up in my van, and just hit the road and just pulled over in a truck stop, slept for like an hour, and then continued on and made it to the shoot for sunrise. So it's very easy. I mean, it made it not so stressful and I hate that part of tra- traveling I'm not a type A person you know I just kind of go with the flow and um, the less amount of stress that I have on a trip is what I'm searching for so I mean a lot of people don't like driving I love it I'm just zone out listen to a podcast basically teleport and end up in a new spot so I love it I, I've had a car traveled a lot and did like a 100,000 miles in two years on my last car and was, like, brand new. Worst worst decision I've made is just destroying a brand new car. But, um, yeah, it was a big upgrade from the car. <laughs>
0: Dude, that's that's so awesome. I, uh, a, I think it's even just your dedication. The fact that someone called you at 9 o'clock at night and you said, I'm there, like, let's, you just got in your van and just bounced. Like, He's like. That, that alone says a lot about your just character. Like, that's why you're doing what you're doing now is because you don't, you know you're not bougie you don't you don't you're not above anything it's like I'm like you they can depend on you you're like yeah. I'm your guy you don't want them to to be like oh Tanner can't and then all of a sudden if you don't shoot that someone else shoots it maybe they like it and all of a sudden they're hitting him up to shoot things and you're getting less things or and a lot of times it works that way and it's not sure. it's not a personal thing it's just it's just business and yeah, so man. it's 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 nice to you know it's nice to meet someone that's just dedicated in the craft and the van thing makes total sense like my buddy Travis I just showed you some of those photos earlier today but he's building a van you know uh outfitting a sprinter for those same reasons just yeah. because it's so much easier to just travel and see the country and enjoy the country and to not have to sleep in a hotel and wake up and drive four hours to get to the spot when you can just sleep at the spot and wake up at the spot yeah
1: well and it's like it's allowed me to mix the things that i love right so like this whole trip i did a race last weekend and then i have a race this weekend but in between you know i didn't have a time schedule everyone flew back from the race like all my friends they all flew back to arizona and then like me, I just kind of van lifed it and was able to go do a lot of landscape stuff and slow down a bit. And one of the hardest things that I've had to overcome with this is that there's no agenda whenever I'm, whenever I'm just taking landscape photos or out adventuring, like just slow down and like not have to worry about it. Like if you want to sit at this campsite for five hours and just hang out, you can do that. You don't have to be, I'm the kind of person that's like, Oh, I gotta go here. I gotta go here, and that's how it's always felt with traveling—is that you have this crazy agenda. And with the van, it kind of opened up, you know, the freedom to just stay in a spot for more than one day, or like just hang out and take it all in and learn about it. And yeah, it's pretty cool, man.
0: Actually, enjoy yourself and enjoy nature and be present versus just running.
1: For sure. Running and gunning. Yeah, and I think, like, hitting back on the, you know, just showing up to a shoot, like, obviously, it's Rockstar, I'm going to show up no matter what, but, um, man, I don't think that I'm the best photographer by any means, like, especially in uh, photography in general, like, there's some, my Instagram is full of amazing photographers, but I think being able to show up to a job and get it done, like, you know, your buddy Kyle, like, we both know him, and... The guy has, what, like 3,000 Instagram followers and he slays over everybody. Like he shows up and he gets it done, like traveling hard and working hard. I mean, I think that's kind of what a lot of these people miss is that you have to pay your dues and you have to just work hard for it. I, doing weird things that pay the bills that you wouldn't necessarily think of, you know, finding the niche, but also just showing up and being a good person to work with you know not whining not complaining like you no know, that's the worst thing is whenever you're ruining the vibe of the shoot and you know everyone and it's like you know negativity is just a huge thing if you show up on a set and you're negative everyone else is going to start getting negative or they're going to slap you in the face until you to get out <laughs>
0: no definitely and it's cool it's really neat that you get to travel you paid to do something you enjoy you shoot but then afterwards, since you're traveling, it's like, now you have your fun time yeah, and you yeah. get to do what you want to do, which is get out in the nature and shoot landscapes and do all that stuff. So it's like, you get best of both worlds. Like it's like, you get to do your, own, like you get paid, but then you also get to do the whole other part of your passion and yeah. that's basically paid for by that, which is super cool, you know, versus a lot of people just spend their own money yeah. you know, every weekend to get out and, and do things. And you're definitely a serious road tripper. Yeah. <laughs> what is what's that been uh you know, what's been like your favorite road trip thus far that you've been on?
1: Oof, I don't know, man. I, I'm just now getting into like the longer road trips advanced. the
0: southwest, like, you know the southwest yeah, uh,
1: yeah, my buddy Luke and I do a lot of stuff in the Southwest. We've been traveling a lot together and he Luke knows Skywatcher. the Skywatcher. Yeah, Luke Skywatcher. <laughs> he knows a lot of the good spots and uh he's a he's a type A kind of guy, so he's the guy that brings out the map and you know he has his pinpoints everywhere and does all his research knows the weather and for this stuff I mean it's just for fun for me so I'm not too focused on it I just like to go have fun but um I'm just now getting into like the longer road trips you know the longer than two week kind of thing so um this one is this one's in it for the books dude this has been a good road trip um we've done some pretty fun stuff so this is the first time that I've kind of put the work and put in like research into like the landscape spots and really like spent time trying to hit spots that, you know, aren't your touristy spots, the hidden gems where locals would go and stuff like that in all these different States. And I don't know, it's, it's eye opening and it, you get to meet a lot of cool people doing it. So I look forward to doing it for longer. And I think this is just kind of the beginning, you know, but very fortunate to be able to do that. And I, I love the way the chips are falling right now. So
0: <laughs> yeah. and it's cool traveling on the road you run into people you ran into andrew kern in a yeah, coffee shop
1: yeah we get done with the race uh on saturday in everett washington and uh we partied a little bit that night woke up with a slight hangover and went into this coffee shop that my girlfriend knew about and i'm like man that looks like andrew kern's i'm like no way I'm not here in this little town and then yeah i ended up saying hi to him and told him i was like super into his vlogs and stuff and he kind of like inspired a lot of the you know freedom traveling that I was looking for. I hadn't really found anything that was, uh, especially in the action sports world. Not a lot of my buddies that shoot do this kind of stuff. So, I watched and I was like, all right, I got to get a good group of friends and go hit some road trips. And so he inspired a lot of it. And it's weird that he just was in this coffee shop on this road trip of mine and got to sit down and talk to him for like an hour and a half. And he gave me some good insight, and I gave him some some little tips about some client stuff, but it was a good, uh, good experience, man. It's been fun. It's cool meeting, cool meeting people like that. And people that are inspiring you like, that's what I'm saying. I'll go back home after this road trip and I'm going to be a different person. You know, like I've learned things that polished me up a little bit better. So, so with
0: all this travel stuff, what do you think, uh, has been the take the biggest takeaway you've learned so far through your travels?
1: Just say yes. Just do it. (laughs) If it seems sketchy and crazy, like, you know, I looked at this uh, road trip before I did it and it was, uh, I guess, taking the long route too, you know, like taking the way that you're like really contemplating. (laughs) Like I looked at the road trip and I'm like, okay, do I go up the freeway and get to Washington or do I go the coast? And I'm like, all right, it's an extra two days, an extra few hundred bucks in fuel. Like, all right. I'm just going to do that. like, And right now I'm kind of contemplating, like, do I go to Jackson Hole or do I go straight home? Because, you know, we've been on the road for two weeks and or we will be on the road for two weeks. And uh, I don't know. I think it's just saying, yeah, dude, it's what Jackson Hole's five hours. Like, all right, might as well do it. You don't know what's going to happen. You know, like I could show up there and meet a client. I could, you know, just have a life changing experience. I don't know. But. I think that is kind of how my career has taken off and why I've had those, these opportunities that I've had, like just saying yes and showing up, you know, getting the job done and doing it with a smile on my face. So so you
0: got all this stuff going on. You've been doing all this action sports stuff. What's next? Any big projects or anything in the pipeline?
1: Uh, I just pretty much have this contract with the mine right now that I'm pretty focused on traveling in this mine contract and after this deals up in December um I don't know kind of hit the road and see what I can find uh just doing some random stuff for Rockstar and uh, one of my best friends Colin Haker he has a lot of projects going on so him and I got some stuff in the works with uh some dirt bikes and out in the forest type stuff and adventure so dude can like backflip and do some 360s on dirt bikes. Just stuff that maybe five people in the world can do on a dirt bike. So I want to take him into my world of landscape and adventure and stuff and put him in an element that most people haven't really seen, you know? So uh, maybe backflip on a Zion or something like that. I don't know. That'd be sick. So,
0: is this, so you guys, uh you guys making like a film or...?
1: Um, yeah, we have a couple of different projects. Uh, we just... Did a full-length movie. Oh, I guess it would be it's like a 50-minute movie yeah. uh, that he got fully funded. Short. Yeah, short. Yeah, and it'll be released in, on iTunes I think in December is the timeline that we're aiming for right now. But um, pretty much just kind of his life story, and I've been uh, helping out a lot on that, doing all the photos. And through that, we kind of uh, submitted some stuff into X Games. We did this thing called Real Moto where – everyone submits their film, and they can end up winning an actual, like, X Games medal based off of, like, the video that they create, so, every, all, you know, you have all these gnarly dirt bike dudes that end up being producers, so it kind of turns into a little bit of a uh, chaos, but at the same time, it's pretty cool to see these guys uh, lay it all on the line for a film, you know? And yeah. It's kind of like skateboarding stuff back in the day. Um, it hasn't really been... I don't know. Motocross stuff, it's kind of the films don't get really creative. I feel like I see a lot of the same stuff over and over, but with this real moto type film and people have to push the boundaries a lot more. And ours was pretty cool. Um, we built this track out in Hollister, California on a ridgeline. We built the track in seven days. It was like a power line road basically. So we bladed the whole thing and then we had a track builder come in and he built all the jumps, everything, and then ended up tearing it down after the after the film was done, so it's just this one-off track, and um, just ended up flying a helicopter over him, and we did the whole thing in one shot, and that's what we submitted, so it was pretty cool, just a flyover of the helicopter and him doing his, his deal. It was like a two-minute line, I think, that he ran, a minute and 30 seconds, so it was cool. I mean, we, we've definitely been doing some uh, interesting things together, so trying to push the boundaries. He is a, he's an off road guy trying to make it in a world where just trying to push the boundaries in a thing where most people don't push the boundaries in a lot of off road racers only post, you know, their race results and photos of the like team shoots that they've done or, you know, from the race, but no one's really going out and actually trying to create stuff, which is crazy to me because I mean, they're off-road racers. They're supposed to be out in the doors and getting some really cool stuff. But, um, yeah, luckily I teamed up with a dude that has a very good vision that's close to mine, and both of us like to be out in the freaking middle of nowhere, and both of us like doing some extreme stuff. So, it's cool. I'm pumped to see where this goes and what kind of cool stuff we could create together.
0: Dude, that's rad. I'm really stoked to. Uh, I'm just stoked to see where you take all this stuff like that is exciting um i got into film through skateboarding and uh skate films are awesome yeah because you know, they're story based like it's not just about the skateboarding like there's are skids and like they have fun with it they get creative and so i'm excited to to see you bringing for
1: sure that. that was something that we tried to do with this movie as well um jimmy uh jimmy Bowren, i think he's actually a big follower of the podcast but he's the guy filming and directing pretty much the whole thing and the kid uh, Patrick Evans but all of us kind of putting our minds together we've just we've feel like we've elevated it a little bit more you know we're bringing something that is creative and it's you know it's kind of like the skateboarding thing you know it's we're trying to storytell we're trying to do some skits in the movie Um, it's not just all about writing and that's something that you know every motocross film you see it's like a dude watching dirt bike or a guy riding dirt bikes, but you have someone like my girlfriend that watches a film and she's like, "Okay, this is boring. Like I don't know what this guy's doing on a dirt bike, but you tell a little bit more of a story and some back stuff and you add things that pull in people from other industries and they make it you know you have to make it relatable to other people. and I think you know storytelling does that well, and that's how you get people to get, your, get their eyes on the, uh, on the industry that you're in so. Yeah, should be it uh, should be interesting to see how people react to it because, I I don't know, I haven't, haven't seen a really good off-road film in a while, so I'm stoked.
0: Dude, you should be stoked. Uh, I think genre blending is so important to grow an in industry, in any type of industry. So to leverage uh, that and to be able to bring people that aren't necessarily traditional motocross people in the motocross, and that's the same thing that happened with skateboarding. A lot of people that weren't into skateboarding were just watching the films because they were cool to watch, uh, and that's how industries grow. And so it's really cool to for and sure. if you guys can can accomplish that and do that well, then like, dude, that in itself is like just only yeah. makes you that much more valuable in your in your industry, and is only going to help your career that much more.
1: For sure. And dirt bikes is hard because it's it's an expensive thing to do. I mean, a skateboard you can get for pretty cheap, but I feel like we got to be really persuasive with the motocross thing of trying to get people to look at it and see, like, how cool it is to actually watch. Like, you don't even have to do it to appreciate it. I mean, you, technically, to, to know, like, how extreme something is, like, you have to do it. But if you go to a race, like, you're still going to have fun watching. It's gnarly. The dudes are crashing everywhere. But, yeah, I mean getting people like justin bieber like he's been skating and stuff like that so it's like how do you get other people from outside of your industry to like come in and try it and do it and i think that's an important thing for industry in in the any industry in general is like getting people that have an influence or whatever to step out of their norm and come and try your norm so um i know that colton has been vlogging a lot and he brought in uh Brian, a little YouTube kid has like, the kid has like a million followers. I forgot his name, but it was pretty cool to see like how pumped that kid was like just to go out and ride a dirt bike. Like he had never done it, but the video ended up doing like the best that any of Colton's vlogs have ever done just because this kid was like getting out of his norm and coming into Colton's and uh, vice versa. They both kind of like helped each other out, but yeah, that stuff's awesome. Yeah. The same Tanner Fox has kind of been dabbling. Like I know that he's hired some like dirt bike kids to come in some of his videos lately and went over to like Brian Deegan's house to go like jump in his trophy truck and tear around a track. And so you're getting a lot more of these, uh, these, I think it's our like kind of the motocross responsibility too, like the athletes in the motocross, like they haven't ever really like reached out to the outside people and like, Hey, come in. But now everyone's kind of doing the vlog thing and like, They're trying to collaborate with other people, other creatives. So now you're starting to see a little bit more, like, people reaching out to, you know, guys that can backflip a dirt bike. Like, hey, let me come to your house. Chainsmokers just did a video, I think it was, at a dirt bike track and like, one of my buddy's houses. Like, just kind of went out and filmed, like, on the ramp and stuff. So it's cool to see. I mean, industries, I like to see that grow and stuff. And you learn about, you know, the inside of it. It's really cool. Insights, so.
0: It's, it's really awesome the industry progression in every industry is exciting for content creators because there's so much opportunity like we were talking about bass fishing yesterday and how Kyle shoots bass fishing yeah. and uh, just like you are saying like dude bass fishermen are vlogging now and they have their own YouTubes yeah. and so not only are they world-renowned in what they do within the sport but they're even getting outside of that and everyone start all these other industries that do things are all starting to realize how important content is and that they're Fans want to get a closer look at your life and and, and what you're doing and what you're up to and, and what this lifestyle is really about and like it's really cool uh, to be a content creator right now and to be able to have all these opportunities and they're out there everywhere you just got to insert yourself into the opportunity or create it. Hit yeah, and
1: I think that's I mean that's an awesome thing that the internet's done. You know, it's allowed like Brandon Polnick, the bass fisherman. I don't think that. He really thought how big of an impact his vlogs would have, you know? he I know a lot of people that watch him that aren't in the industry, and it's like, you know, you don't be scared because you think that you're in such a niche kind of thing that no one's going to watch it. I think that is what makes people want to watch it, you know? Doing something that's so random and different. I mean, obviously, he travels a lot, so he has that relevant to a lot of people, but he is, like, like bass fishing, man. Like, no one does it. like Or, or a lot of people do it, but not... I guess it's not a very common thing with young people right now and he's really doing well with the vlogs and Kyle's been killing it on the film and they're I think they're reaching a whole new audience you know they're really making it look like when I watch a vlog I want to go fish you know like that's what you should do whenever we're creating this stuff for motocross I want it to be that feeling like oh man I want to go ride a dirt bike and you know I don't care to shoot Luckily, I've shot a lot of the top guys and I'm friends with a lot of them, but it's not about that to me, like the clout of it. it's I would be just as happy going out and shooting a bike that I got from the store, you know, like just a store stock bike and going out and shooting in the desert or mountains or something like that. I want to make photos where you look at them and you're like, dang, I miss my dirt bike. I want to go ride my dirt bike. You know, that's that's what I'm trying to create. So
0: All Right. What about your style? Do you think there's anything like signature about your style that makes it a Tanner Jaeger photo?
1: There's something about it, I guess. I don't know. I've been told. I don't know what it is, man. I just, I think it's like... You definitely have a look. Yeah, I think it's, you know, just pulling that inspiration from other places. I've, you know, kind of molded my own style based on things that I like, you know? i, I not looking at motocross people so my motocross stuff doesn't look the same and then you know I come from an action background so my landscape stuff doesn't look the same because I'm not I'm not going to a spot and looking at like what everyone else got on their you know when they go to Zion I'm trying to find my own spot like I'm adventurous person so I'll freaking climb down a cliff and try to find something cool but um and then my portrait stuff it's I don't know I, I think it all like the fact that I'm not in one thing, you know, one niche, I feel like that's kind of my style, and it's helped me develop it as well. Obviously, it's a little bit harder, because I'm shooting all kinds of different stuff, and land, for a long time, I feel like landscape was kind of like my weakness, and then um, just spent a lot of time doing it, and like trying to color, and stuff like that, so it, hopefully I'm getting there, I don't know. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, that's awesome. Uh, so we're we're coming close to time here, but Normally, I, I basically allow our guests to kind of leave the AOV audience with something special, you know, that they want to share. So, this is that time. Normally, yeah, i do. have got something inspiring and just some good, some good, showing some good love, I guess, for the AOV community. So, I'll let you hit it whenever you're ready.
1: Just as a young person, like, uh, pay your dues, man. That's where it starts. Like, just putting yourself in a spot to win, you know. You don't have to win right away, but I think... Figuring out how you can get your foot in the door and, you know, the hard work. You're not going to see it right away, and that's something that I've realized, you know. Like, I go do, I just did this trip for uh, Rockstar, and, you know, it kind of turned out to be uh, (laughs) not the best shoot I've ever done. Like, uh, actually, the video guy ended up getting hit by the Harley guy in a full-on drift at, like, probably 40 miles per hour and the guy on the Harley, like, high-sided, and then we're in the middle of this giant lake bed, all flat lake bed, and, um, the Harley guy high-sided and knocked himself out, and it ended up, turned out to be pretty bad, like, bloody noses, the camera guy destroyed a $20,000 camera, his, uh, Ronin, everything, so, it turned out to be a pretty bad shoot, like, as far as, you know, that, I drove 16 hours and pretty much shot for one hour, but, it turned out to be really good at the end. Like I got published on Harley's Instagram and got a lot of really good feedback from it. So from the shoot the one hour that I got to shoot. And I think that's kind of something that I've been learning is like, you know, if, if the situation seems bad, like you're still supposed to be in that moment right there anyways, like make the best of it. And it's not always going to be rewarding right off the bat. But if you keep grinding, you'll, you'll see the, the fruit, so I don't know that and just like building a community I think that all of this has been all my success or if I can call it that is based off of being a good person and being a good person to other people doing things for other people you know like not being too good for any of these scenarios that I get offered or whatever obviously now I can kind of deny some shoots and do stuff that I'm interested in but yeah it's just a good community of people and trying to find people that are like-minded inspire you like i think that whenever you leave you know last night we went and had dinner and i left the dinner feeling like i was a better version of myself like i'm a little bit more polished and i think that's how it should be every time you hang out with someone obviously it's not going to be that way but try to put yourself in with good people and good things are going to happen to you You start manifesting that stuff
0: (laughs) for real dude Tanner Yeager, appreciate you for coming on the show, bro.
1: Thank you, man. It was an honor.
0: And I was glad that you stopped by. Man, that's that's awesome. Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of the AOB Podcast. Our goal here at Art of Visuals is to keep everything free and to keep cre- creating great tools and resources for you guys to utilize to to achieve all your guys' dreams in the photography, uh, filmmaking, and content creation world, even entrepreneurship. With that said, we've picked up Adorama as a sponsor to help us cover some of our costs and we're grateful for them. All we ask of you guys is if you're going to purchase gear, we'd really love it if you guys would head over to Adorama.com and make your purchase there instead of uh, elsewhere. And just know that when you guys do that, you guys will also somewhat be supporting Art of Visuals and allowing us to continue to create great content for you guys uh, like our podcast, our free app, And a lot of the other great things we do. Also, if you listen to the podcast, all of the AOV presets are now free. Uh, So check out our website, shop.artivisuals.com. Go get some free presets. The artist presets are still for sale. If you want to support the artist and you should support the artist, uh, just know that that money goes to them. And we're also going to be reworking that commission structure uh, here in the next month. So we're really stoked about that. But go get some free presets. And if you guys want to buy gear, please support us, help us out. Go to Adorama.com. Peace.